You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Open Forum Wednesday. Just had a good show with Jerry Reynolds over on YouTube, also Ryan and Sacktown, good to have you with us here. We have got an off day for the Kings. The Aaron Fox was a full go at practice today as Sacramento gets ready to host New York tomorrow in front of a nationally televised audience. Uh, I was shocked that the Knicks lost last night at home to the Charlotte Hornets. So their nine-game win streak is a thing of the past. Tomorrow night, Sacramento and the New York Knicks. All right. You know the routine, open forum Wednesday. We can go wherever you want. Just hit your hand icon, and I'll put you right up on stage with me. I have a question today on open forum Wednesday. How is it that Kendrick Perkins still has a job at ESPN? I mean, the guy's an embarrassment. All right, you could also say he's racist. I mean, you you could make that comment. I don't even think anybody would argue with you. Um, Jerry Reynolds called him a racist bigot today on the show that we just had. ESPN on first take today. I had to come out and apologize for him because he was wrong about 80% of the folks that vote the MVP are white and they had to come out and say that's inaccurate and that the voting is within a much more diverse group. I mean, so, you know, Perkins is going on national television and throwing flames and creating narratives that don't exist i mean it's unbelievable and he still has his job it's a joke so espn is a joke i mean it really is and i thought it was so awesome that jj reddick yesterday confronted perkins and confronted stephen a smith and the program at first take uh and good for him because it needed to be done i made that comment before reddick did that somebody needs to go up and confront stephen a smith and stop this nonsense. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous nonsense. And the things that come out of Stephen A. Smith's mouth is ridiculous. So good job by Reddick. Good job by the people that are now coming at ESPN and saying, stop it with this nonsense. You know, and again, they have to go out and apologize today. I mean, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. It really is. But nothing surprises me in this day and age. And nothing surprises me when it comes to ESPN. Not at all. You know, as Jerry Reynolds said today, you know, first of all, how does Kendrick Perkins get that job in the first place? How does that happen? I mean, the guy's a, the guy's a joke. He's an embarrassment. And it's, uh, it's the sign of the times. It really is. It's a sign of the times. How does Kendrick Perkins keep his job? 
on a national platform. Explain that to me, would you please? Somebody please explain that to me. All right, again, what do you want to talk about today? Open Forum Wednesday. Who's going to be my leadoff man or woman on the show today? Who's going to be that person? All right, then we'll get the show rolling. And again, we can go in any direction you want. Again, off day, so the rant today on the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. What do you think is going to happen there with Lamar Jackson? You think he's going to get an offer sheet? What do you think? You think he's going to get an offer sheet, and then what do the Ravens do? What will the Ravens do after that? All right, let's get to uh, Connor. Connor, welcome to the show. How are you today? Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good. Nice job on the post game the other night, buddy. Thanks a lot. It was a lot of fun. So I wanted to talk about. What do you want about, to talk about? Yeah. There's a lot to talk about today. I mean, I wanted to start first with the whole Kendrick Perkins, JJ Reddick situation. I mean, it was really just a sigh of relief to see somebody at ESPN finally kind of take a stand. And I mean, with the history of ESPN and stuff, I'm kind of surprised that JJ Reddick hasn't been fired yet because usually whenever ESPN hears the truth, that person's gone pretty quickly. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and I think JJ Reddick was very bold. Uh, I thought he was extremely uh, succinct in his comments. He did not back down. And good for him. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. I mean, I was never really a fan of him as a player, being from Duke and stuff. But, I mean, I've gained a lot of respect for him over the past couple of days because I mean, it takes a lot of courage to stand up and speak out against this obvious criticism and stuff of Kendrick Perkins. I mean, he explained the situation with facts and reason and – I just respect him a lot for that. I do too. Absolutely. Remember what Martin Luther King said, our lives begin to end the day we remain silent about things that matter. Well, Kendrick Perkins going on and, you know, putting false narratives out there on an important topic such as race. You know, you can't remain silent there just because you're white and a black person said that. The black person said this. The black person is wrong. The black person is creating racial divide among people in this country, and it needs to be confronted. And J.J. Reddick confronted him, and good for him. Yeah, and then another situation going on in the NBA. I mean, obviously, there's a little update with the John Morant situation. I mean, I heard today yep. that the investigation was concluded, and apparently there wasn't enough evidence to really – make any charges towards him. But I did hear that he's going to be out the next four games. I don't know if that's correct. the Grizzlies yep. handing down that punishment or if that's just John Morant's personal reasons. But, I mean, it's interesting to see if he could be playing in the next couple of weeks again. He probably will be. Uh, but I Memphis is not going to hold on to the number two spot. Would you be surprised? I'd be surprised. I mean, right now the Kings have caught them. I think they're going to fall – I, I could see them not even having home court in the first round. I could really see that. Yeah, I definitely see them falling because, like we've talked about, it's not just the John Moran situation. It's losing Brandon Clark and it's Dylan Brooks' personality and everything yep. going on and John Moran's dad as well. I mean, there's a lot more things than just what John Moran has done. It's a mess. They got a mess going on there in Memphis. It's an absolute mess. And I'm not really sure how this thing's going to uh, end up, but. I don't think it's going to end up well this year. I'd be very surprised that Memphis is not a one and done in the playoffs. I think they've got too many issues going on in their locker room. Yeah, and speaking of messes, I mean, 
the past two days, I've seen news from Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase that looks very concerning with both of them. Something about Jamar Chase, the mother of his child, saying that she has videos that could end his career. And then Joe Mixon apparently like having a gun around kids or something. I mean, that's not good news for either of those players. Uh, no, it is not. No, it is not. And very alarming. I mean, we keep on hearing about stories of this nature and you're like, I don't know how you are and I don't want to speak for you. I don't even raise an eyebrow anymore when I hear about these type of stories that are going on. I, I really don't. Um, I, I hope they're not true, but I mean, why would I think that they're not true? In other words, why would I think that? I mean, I'm looking at Joe Mixon and what happened at Oklahoma, right? Where he cold cocked and, and knocked out a woman that was on video. And, you know, he was able to resume his career and no issues at all. I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched that video. You can Google it. I mean, it's unbelievably alarming. Okay. I mean, horrible. I mean, he punched and broke all the bones, I shouldn't say all the bones, but broke several bones in her face. The uh, lady that got, the, the female that got cold cocked by Joe Mixon was hospitalized, had surgery. That was back in, I think, 2014, 2015. I think it was a day or two after Mixon had turned 18. And, you know, it's like, oh, no problem. Go ahead, finish your career. We'll see you in the NFL. I mean, it's a joke. You know, it's it, 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 so when I hear anything about Joe Mixon, I'm like, yeah, I can see, I can, I can believe anything coming out of his camp. Absolutely. Yeah, and the sad part about this, it seems like stories like this used to be come out not very often, like the Ray Rice scenario and Kareem Hunt a few years ago. But now it seems that things like this are almost commonplace in the news now, which is just it's a really sad predicament. Yeah, I mean, wasn't it was just last month that a, a warrant was issued for Mixon because of what you're referring to. I think you're, well, maybe this is a different incident. I can't even keep track with all of them. I guess the one you're talking about is, I'm, I'm going to Google it right now as I'm talking to you. An injured child was found on the scene and transported to Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center with non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, Mixon was not arrested but the investigation into the incident is ongoing. This was, you're right, Hamilton County Sheriff responded to a shots fired call at Mixon's home. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I saw, what did I talk about all of last year with Alvin Kamara? What did we talk about, Connor? Why was Alvin Kamara permitted to resume his football career when there was video evidence of him in a assault of a man that ended up being hospitalized, and yet he didn't miss one down of the season. Why? Because the court system was backlogged and his case kept getting delayed. Well, if there's video evidence, you're, you should not, video evidence is different than hearsay. All right, we all have eyes, okay? Like when Ray Rice punched his fiance in the elevator, okay, we didn't really have, there was no gray area there. We all saw it, we all know what happened, it's not like we needed anything to be told to us. We saw it. I saw the Alvin Kamara video. I saw what happened. I don't need to see anything else, okay? He should not have been on the football field playing for the Saints last year. But these things go on continually, and you just kind of go, what the hell is going on in our society? 
Yeah, to kind of connect this to the point that, I mean, Roger Goodell is a complete joke when it comes to consistency of punishments. I just saw that yep. Calvin Ridley, who was suspended an entire year for gambling on the Falcons, is back and stuff. It just made me kind of think again, like a person that just gambled and no bodily harm to anyone. Obviously, he admitted it was wrong and it's obviously not right, but he gets a whole season. But all these other players with accusations of domestic violence and stuff, just seem to get to walk through the season and nothing really occurs until the off season. And sometimes nothing occurs at all. Yeah. And Ridley made a, a, a bet. I believe it was like a parlay. Okay. He wasn't even with the Bengals at the time. He was out for the year and, you know, put the Bengals in one of his parlays. It was as minuscule and minute as it could be. Now I understand the integrity of the game. I get all of that, but you're going to suspend Calvin Ridley for the entire season and yet Alvin Kamara can be seen on video assaulting another person. No problem. Play the whole year. I mean, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Yeah, and a few more things I have. Obviously, there's a lot of big news from the Giants yesterday. And Daniel Jones seems like the media is kind of destroying the Giants for this deal and stuff. I mean, obviously, I think like most people, it's a little bit of an overpay. But like you said, the quarterback market was blown up with the Deshaun Watson deal. I mean, you look at what Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott are making. I think that this deal a few years down the road could be looking like a middle-of-the-road deal for a quarterback. And I mean, you can say whether he deserves it or not, but he was playing for his career last season, and I think he deserves a contract of this magnitude. Well, there are a couple of things. The Giants aren't paying him for what he's done. They're paying him what they think he's going to do. That's number one. Number two... Uh, as you just stated, and I mentioned this on my show yesterday, in three years, this is probably going to look like a, a middle-of-the-road deal. So that you you have to keep that in mind. And, you know, again, it, this could end up being a really bad deal. I mean, if he doesn't play well uh, under the terms of his contract, then the Giants will look back and go, we made a mistake here. But they have a lot of confidence in him. The players have a lot of confidence in him. Uh, they saw enough last year. You have to remember, this is a whole new coaching staff with a whole new front office and they were giving him the year to figure out what to do next. And he won them over. They felt that he was the best quarterback for this franchise moving forward. And so they paid him the contract. Is he worth that stacked up against other quarterbacks in the league? Not today. He's not, but he might be two or three years from now. And you have to keep that in mind. Yeah, I had a question I wanted to ask you about some of the other Giants news. I mean, is this Saquon Barkley? I saw they applied the franchise tag. Is this the same exact thing that the Ravens are dealing with with Lamar Jackson, or is it a totally different scenario? There's two tags. There's a non-exclusive tag and the regular tag, and they did not give him the non-exclusive tag. A non-exclusive tag would have allowed Barkley to go out and negotiate with any team, and then the team – would have five days to match an offer sheet. And this particular deal, Barkley now is paid uh, among the top five highest, the average of the five top highest paid running backs in the league, I believe is how it works. So I, I no. So Saquon Barkley will be on the Giants next year. Okay, that's good to know. And then last thing I wanted to mention was, you talked about it on your show with Jerry, Jim Beheim retired 47 years with Syracuse. I mean, I remember as a UConn fan, all those great battles in the Big East, that six overtime game. I always remember just being so upset that UConn could never break that zone defense you're talking about. I mean, it seemed 
like all you have to do is hit threes and stuff, but it can never seem like they could really get past it. Yeah, 47 years at Syracuse. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? 47 years. I mean, uh, incredible. And you're right about the zone and everything else. And, you know, I think Beheim got a little salty, you know, towards the end of his career. I, I'm, for one, think it's time. I think it was time a couple of years ago, but it is clearly uh, the end of an era at Syracuse. No question about it. It is clearly the end of an era. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Syracuse moving forward, but that's one coach that long, one program, pretty remarkable. It really is pretty remarkable. Yeah, and then last thing, obviously, Syracuse used to be a part of the Big East, but, I mean, today the Big East tournament started, and that's, as a UConn fan, one of my favorite things to watch every year. I mean, it just seems like there's so many teams that can win it, and it's just great basketball at the Garden. So really looking forward to that this weekend. Yep, me too. It's always fun. No question about it. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Bye. All right, good stuff from Connor. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want to get in on the program on this open forum Wednesday, we will get you right on. Let's say hello to Dorian on this Wednesday. Hey, Dorian. Good afternoon. Hey, Grant. Thank you so much for having me. Hello to everyone. Uh, Connor, again, great job on the post game. He's uh, He reminds me of Keegan Murray, just calm and collected. Not a lot of energy, but <laughs> uh, just a sniper. Yeah. Man. Just can, you know, just has so much knowledge. So great job, Connor. Grant, I wanted to ask you, I have a couple questions. What do you think about, I know I was coming from the, uh, the, your talk with Jerry on stream and you mentioned something about Kendrick Perkins. And again, I don't really watch sports like that. I don't really watch ESPN or anything like that, but what do you, what are your thoughts on, uh, you know, as, as athletes, you know, they can have some privileges sometimes. What do you, how do you feel about some athletes, you know, going right into broadcasting without having, without not having any training, without not having any experience of being on camera, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are that uh, many fail. And the reason why they fail is they have, as you said, no understanding of the medium that they're getting ready to uh, enter. And they don't understand how your words have power behind them. And you have to be careful about being factual. Um, it's okay to have an opinion, but your opinion cannot be based on incorrect facts. Yeah. So you, you need to be opinionated. People that are opinionated are successful in this business, but their opinions are backed up with facts. Kendrick Perkins' opinions were not based on facts. They were based on what he thought was the case without really doing any research and out any homework. And, you know, there were a lot of mistakes that he made in his comments 
on a nationally televised show. And you can't have that. There has to be ramifications. There has to be repercussions. There doesn't seem to be any ramifications or repercussions with him. I don't quite understand that. I don't understand how a person on a stage of that magnitude can make the mistakes that he made. And even ESPN had to come out today on first take and even clarify that the comment he made about the voting for the MVP being 80% white was incorrect. And it was an incorrect statement that was made. Well, there are many incorrect things that Kendra Perkins said. I don't understand how the guy can maintain his job there. I really don't. Yeah, I get it. I get it, you know, from metrics and, and from the business standpoint, I get it's a marketing thing, right? These guys are athletes. They're the focal points of their sports. And then they go right to broadcasting where, where it still attracts viewers. But I feel like the transition sometimes it's like, man, you know, some of these people work their life to be on camera. You know, they don't have obviously the same opportunities these athletes do. But sure. I feel sometimes um, I just feel like sometimes they just need a little bit more time because I think if you, you could educate me or not, I think Tom Brady just recently signed something where he's going to be on. Yeah. on TV, right? Yeah, he signed it last year while he was still playing and uh, not this coming season, but the following season. The other issue that we're dealing with in America right now is that if a white person went on ESPN and made comments about anything to do with a person of color and they were incorrect and they were they would be deemed racist Okay, their career would be over, they would be fired, and they would be labeled for life. Yeah. So how is it that Kendrick Perkins can do the same thing, but because he's black, he's afforded a ongoing platform? Like, explain that to me. Why? Why is that the case? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's your you, that's very correct, Grant. I don't know. I don't know. I think you know. I think with a lot of professions now, um, there's a lot of change that's going on. There's a lot of growth that's going on. I think there's just uh, it's been a certain a way for a long time, and I think that we're just really witnessing the transition of like what's right, what's wrong, what didn't work, what's working now, what's going to work in the future. So it's really interesting to see. Um, yeah. But you know, nonetheless, um, I wish everybody well. Obviously. Lastly, Grant, um, I didn't know that you were a fight that, that you are a member of the Phi Delta fraternity. And at yeah. South State, I am a member of the Sigma Chi fraternity and alumni. And I was really interested, Grant, for you know the people that are in the room right now that don't uh, know fraternal affairs, um, that aren't familiar with fraternities. And I know that you mentioned on your live stream that it was some of the best four years of my life. You know, for me, after football, I transitioned. I did Sigma Chi, and that was an amazing part of my life. I got a tattoo on my left ankle. Can you just talk to me a little bit or just, you know, educate a little bit of some of your favorite memories with your brothers, some of your favorite memories being being a Fidel um, at Bowling Green? Yeah, uh, I pledged my first. Well, first of all, when I was recruited for lacrosse, uh, the my hosts for the weekend were Fidel's that were on the lacrosse team. And I knew before I got back on the airplane to fly to New York that I was going to be going to Bowling Green and that I would be pledging. Uh, in the Fidel house in the fall of my freshman year. And I did. And to this day, um, some of my very best friends in life are my fraternity brothers. I think most people would relate to this, whether you're in a fraternity or a sorority. You learn how to grow up. You learn how to be uh, on your own. Uh, those memories that you share with, you know, people that you're with every single day last forever. And 
it was the best four years of my life. It was absolutely uh, amazing. And you, you know, you meet all kinds of characters and you meet crazy people and you meet calm people and you meet, I mean, it was, um, it was just amazing. Uh, laughs, fun, you know, ups and downs, um, just being together and going on trips. You know, I got to tell you too, and I, I will also say this, hazing was a big part of the fraternity life when I went to college in 1977. I mean, the things they made us do during hell week would not fly right now. They matter of fact, the fraternity totally. would be disbanded. Okay. I mean, we, 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 we went through a legitimate hell week, but I look back on that hell week as hard as it was. Yeah. And it was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to uh, go through. Um, you know what, in retrospect, it really bonded us together. My pledge class and the guys that I went through with that today are, well, probably my best friends in life. And I'm not saying that I condone that. I'm not saying that if I was the president of a fraternity and I could have carte blanche that I would do the same things that they did to us during hell week, but I would definitely have something. Like I believe that working hard for something is important in life. Of course. And I believe that learning how to persevere is important in life. I believe that going through hard times where you don't think you're going to be able to get through the day and you're not going to be able to get through tomorrow and then you make it, I think makes you stronger. I think it gives you a great sense of work ethic and achievement. So there are a lot of things that we went through during hell week that I look at and I'm like, wow, you know, I can't believe I did that. I know it would never go on today, but it, it, you know what? I grew up a lot during that week and the sense of achievement and the sense of like accomplishment really meant a lot to me during that time. I didn't probably realize it then, yeah. but later in life, I look back on that and I was like, wow, that was a really big factor in my growth as a person going through that experience. But the overall experience of being in a fraternity with, you know, again, I'm 63 now and I, we had a reunion about five years ago back in Cleveland. And all of the guys showed up and I hadn't seen some of them since college. And it was almost like, wow, nothing, no time had passed. Like we just picked up where we left off when we were 21 and 22 years old, even though we hadn't seen each other in 35 years. It was almost like we all got together. Again, we hadn't seen each other, some of us, since we left college. And it was almost like, wow, we just literally picked up right where we left off. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, that's that. That's awesome insight, Greg. I too share share that same sentiment. You know, being a brother of a Sigma Chi fraternity, the brotherhood is amazing. The things that I learned as a young man, you know, playing both football and then doing Sigma Chi. I mean, the status yeah. that state was really, really cool. Uh, being that young and and uh, experiencing both those different worlds and partying and having fun and just learning about yourself and growing. So. Um, I'm really glad that you had that experience, Grant, and uh, just, uh, I, I share that same sentiment. So thank you so much for answering my questions. I appreciate yep. it. Thanks. Thank, thank you. And I love playing. You know, we played um, intramural hockey. We had a hockey, and I remember going out to the ice arena at like, you know, 11 o'clock at night or midnight to play our games and then playing flag football. I mean, all that stuff. It was it was great. It was freaking awesome. All right, let's move along to uh, Waggus. Hello, Waggus. How are you? Hey, Grant, I did not know that about you. So that you about were what? fraternity. So that was, that oh, was yeah. something new for me. <laughs> so well, there you go. It was great. I had a great time. Honestly, it was the, no, no question. I mean, even to this point, 
it was the best four years of my life, period. Best four years of my life was being uh, uh, at the fight out house in Bowling Green. Like I, I would, and I always tell people, well, I always think going to college is so important. Uh, I don't, I don't believe that you need to go to college to make it in life. I know, like I, I, I've been very open about this. I probably took three classes in four years that I look at that helped me where I'm at today. And I really mean that. I would say maybe three classes. Uh, so, you know, the curriculum and going to class every day was not the best part of my growth. The best part of my growth was learning from all the people that I was around, not what I learned in class. And again, I, I mean, I don't mean that in disrespect for people that go and get an education. I'm just talking about for my career in broadcasting, you don't learn broadcasting in the classroom. You know, you learn by doing it. And I took journal. I think the most important class I took speaking about Kendrick Perkins was a class called journalism, law and ethics. And it was a phenomenal class. And it basically, in a, in a nutshell, taught you what you can and cannot do as a broadcaster. It also talked about making sure that your information is correct when you are going to report on something, going on TV or radio, that you need to fact check and you need to get a source, you need to get another source, and you need to make sure that everything you're saying has been backed up. And, and then they taught us about libel, they talk to us about defamation, things that you can say and can't say, you know, all kinds of stuff we learned in journal, journalism, law and ethics. And obviously Kendrick Perkins didn't take that class when he was uh, in college, that's for sure. Yeah, just really disappointed at that. Um, you know, it's it, it's so disrespectful to Jokic as well, um, you know, because yep. here's my thing. Last year, you know, I thought it, I, I thought MVP should have been Embiid. But Jokic was right there. It's not like Jokic is like the 15th best player in the league, right? So you can make yeah, a case exactly. for meeting either one of them, right? And then, well, and here's the other deal, Waggis. Only one guy can win, okay? So I would have been okay if Embiid had won last year. I would have had no problem with that at all. But as you said, it's not like Embiid finished 10th or Jokic finished, you know, <laughs> they were right there. They were neck and neck, you know what I mean? So only one can win. Yeah, and I'm an Embiid fan, but I'm a Jokic fan too. Like this year, if you were to really ask me, I'll probably have Jokic because, you know, we kind of had this conversation before, but I feel like Jokic has really elevated his team and they're number one in the West, right? So mm -hmm. yeah. because of that, and, and don't get me wrong, Embiid's right there. You know, I mean, he, he's balling. It's, 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 it, it's just so wrong. It, it, it's, it, it's so disheartening. It's society today. Yeah. It's, that, that, it's society. You know, it's, yeah. it really is society. That's the society that we're living in today. And thank God that JJ Reddick, you know, yeah. had the stones to go on and confront that head on and call it the way it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously, you know, people have talked about it and, and, and maybe this is what he wanted. Maybe what this is what he thinks, you know, in order to get ahead in this day and age just do clickbait. But I just, I just really hope that, you know, after, you know, this next week or so we can stop talking about that. Cause well, you know, it's just, it, it's just, we should not be rewarding somebody with all these, uh, with this attention, right, uh, for something that's not factual, right? So that's just my that's right on it. Um, yep. But, but you know, I was talking to one of my friends today about the John Brand situation. So, question: 
if he did bring that gun on a plane, that's a 50-game suspension. Let's just say if that yes. does happen, right? Okay. Yep. That will start right away, obviously. Yep. Will playoffs count as well? Yes. Okay, so he won't be back, depending on how deep. Oh, you mean with with the, with the playoff? Would that count as games served, or is it regular season games? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I believe I believe that it would count, but I don't know that for sure. Okay, because um, you know I'm just thinking here. Um, I don't think that's that's the case here, but who knows, right? And what's going on, right? So if right. that were to happen, I think the Grizzlies this season and potentially next season is pretty much washed or, well, I, I don't want to say, but you know, yeah. So it's, it's, it, it, it's just stupid. And hopefully he learns from it because he's a phenomenal basketball player. And um, yeah, so it's, it's whatever. So now the Kings are second. Do you think they can hold that spot? I think Phoenix will pass them assuming that Phoenix beats Sacramento in both the games that they have remaining. They play each other twice. And I think that I'd have to give Phoenix the, the edge. So, I think the Kings will finish no worse than third, though. Okay, and and we got 18 games left, right? Um, I guess yep. one of these days, uh, will you do like a re-breakdown again or no? Like You know, I will, but the problem is, and I talked about this last week, is when I do a breakdown, things change. Like, you know, Ryan and I did a podcast, and we picked Portland to beat Sacramento in the first game. Well, if I had known that they were going to rest both Damian Lillard and Jeremy Grant, there's no way I would have picked big Blazers to beat the Kings. You know, if I knew that Shea Gilgis-Alexander yeah. was going to be hurt, I wouldn't have picked them to split the first two games. You know what I mean? Like, so the problem with doing that is things change. Like, for instance, tomorrow, you know, if Brunson doesn't play, that changes the game around quite a bit from the Knicks' perspective. So, you know, it's very hard to do because there are injuries and, again, load management and things of that nature – like Kawhi Leonard not playing against Sacramento, you know, on Friday night. Well, who would have thought that Kawhi Leonard would not play after the All-Star break? Who, who thought that he would actually sit out games for load management? I didn't think that. You know, so it changes, it changes how things turn out. So, yeah, I can break it down, but it really doesn't mean anything, Waggis, because things change all the time due to injuries and load management. Yeah, I mean, uh, like how Charles Barkley said, these guys are going to get locked out. I mean, I understand – he. Here's the thing. As a fan, let's just say if I want to go watch him beat, right? And I know he's coming at yep. the end of the year, right? Okay, in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. I know because the Kings are a playoff team. That no, no, no. He was already in Sacramento. Right, right. They but beat I'm, Sacramento. I'm, yeah. Um, I, I'm just putting that out there. Oh, yeah. what if? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, no. I, I, as a fan, I understand that teams that are probably clinched the playoffs towards the last week of the season, they're going to wrap oh, yes, so They've yes. always done that. Yes. You so understand, understand that, and so do I. Right. Yeah. So I don't really understand these players resting, and it's really getting out of hand. And, you know, it's like it's a joke. You know, fans want to see him because, cause, you know, Grant, I mean, I'm pretty sure you've seen him as well. They're probably – they are the best athletes, one of the top athletes in the world. So um, hopefully, you know – let me ask you, do you think it's more of a player issue or do you think that they've been enabled and that's why they do it? Well, I don't think the players do it. It's management that's doing it. And the problem with the teams is they have too many people on their medical staff that think they all have reinvented the wheel. So it's not the players that are making these decisions in many instances. It's the teams that are making the decisions for them. And I think that's the problem. So then why would the players – okay, if that's the case, why? Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if I'm a commissioner 
uh, if I'm the commissioner um, or if I'm the owner, why would I want to, you know, lock them out? Why not try to put in some sort of a policy? I, I don't know. I'm, you know, I don't know. I, I don't agree with Charles. I don't think they are going to be locked out. I think they'll come to terms on an agreement. I think that most people involved in sports now understand that a lockout is very, very detrimental to your league, especially a league like the NBA where their NBA finals ratings have been bad, especially a league like the NBA where their all-star game ratings were an embarrassment. I, I don't agree with Charles. I don't think they're going to be locked out. I would be surprised if they lock out. I really will. I think they'll come to terms on an agreement. And if they don't, I think the league is making, and the players particularly are making a huge, huge mistake here. Okay. All right. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Grant. I appreciate it. Hey, you have a good one, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's get to some other phone calls right here. And it is Ryan in Sackdown. What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. Good to have you back on the stream. Yes, thank you. Good to be here. Excellent, excellent. Um, I couldn't agree more with you about college, um, specifically going away to college, because you have to, whether you're in a frat or not, you have to decide if you're going to go drink with your buddies or you're going to study for that test. Mom isn't there to do your laundry. You know, like you're responsible for everything. And I mean, it's more about those life experiences really than it is about class, like you said. No question. You learn how to grow up. Uh, I look at my four years of college, and again, this is me. I'm not talking for anyone else. What I learned in college, I learned outside of the classroom. That was much more important than what I learned in the classroom. So that that experience, I always encourage whoever can, you know, everyone's situation is differently. But I'm like, if you have the opportunity to go to way to college, go to way to college. It, you You grow up so much. It's such an important part of life. It really is an important part of life. Yeah, definitely is. Well, I almost lost my opportunity because the basketball team, our first week of school, uh, put the freshmen on a scavenger hunt. And uh, one of those things was to get a piece of clothing from the other uh, sex. And and, uh, my parents ended up visiting. We all went back to my dorm afterwards. And my parents ended up visiting like two days after that. And there was a pile of uh, female clothing in the corner of my room. And they're like, are we paying for you to go to school for this? <laughs> uh, I ended I up it. getting past that one. Um, but, you know, this, the fraternity stuff, I don't know how you and Dorian did it because I was with the hoops team um, 
at SDSU and it's such a large time commitment. The fact that you guys did fraternities as well, I can only imagine you probably had no time whatsoever. Um, but- I wouldn't say that. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I, I didn't find it to be that demanding on my time. I really didn't. Now, Hell Week was demanding. You know, people growing probably don't even understand what I'm talking about, but I'll give you an example. I do. I do. So, right. Be- okay. But a lot of people that are listening don't like, I mean, it was before you became an actual member of the fraternity when your pledging was over and you were actually then became, you know, uh, whatever I became a Fidel, but I'll never forget this. It was a Tuesday at about, Oh, I don't know about two, two in the morning. And they woke up my pledge class and they put us in bands and they drove us down to Columbus, which is two hours away uh, and dropped us off like at four in the morning in the middle of the Ohio State campus and said, you know, you need to find the five out house and then figure out a way to get back to Bowling Green. So here I am at four in the morning walking through the campus of Ohio State. And all of a sudden we came up on the football stadium and I was like, oh, my God, there's the stadium. And for me, it was like, oh, wow, like this is like so great. I'm watching. I'm actually looking at the horseshoe in the middle of the night where I used to watch all the Michigan, Ohio State games on TV. And now I'm looking at this stadium and little did I know that I'd be playing in that state. I didn't even, I, I actually went in that stadium and played, I, I shared the story. You know, we played uh, Ohio State, we played Michigan, we played all these schools and we played in their football stadiums. And I always share this story. So my first lacrosse game at Ohio State, we are coming out of the locker room on a Saturday and they just had their spring football game. And so a lot of the Ohio State players were still on the field signing autographs. And there were still a lot of people in the stands. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget walking out of the locker room and walking across the Ohio State end zone. And Art Schleister wearing his number 10 jersey. And again, if you don't know who Art Schleister is for the folks that are on the stream, just Google him. He was a great college quarterback who ended up having – you know, uh, he was in jail, he was for gambling, and he became a compulsive gambler and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, I'll never forget walking out of the locker room and walking right by Arch Leister as he had all these kids around him as they were signing autographs. And then that game against Ohio State, I scored five goals as a freshman. I had five goals that game. And I remember walking into uh, the locker room after the game and somebody had broken into our locker room. And one of the things that got stolen was the watch that my dad gave me for my high school graduation. So I remember a lot of things that happened, you know, but being in hell week and then here's the, here, here's the worst thing we had to do. Okay. So they, at the, the, the very last night of hell week, they lined us all up against the wall in only our underwear. And they had been saving all of the leftover food for over four or five weeks in big garbage containers. And they threw all of the food at us standing up against the wall. And then they put a uh, egg in the first person's, they cracked an egg open in the first person's mouth and you had to transport it down (laughs) the line without using your hands. Okay. Uh, And that was just beyond disgusting. And they did a couple of other things like that. So that, that last night and the smell of leftover food being Uh. in the garbage can, I know, always right. It was, I, you know, it's funny. I, it's not funny. 
But when I went to the reunion five years ago, they had all of the pictures uh, on a slideshow from all of these hell weeks. And I'm like, man, we, you know, we, we could get arrested for this. Yeah. But I actually have, I, I took pictures off the pictures that I still have on my phone of us standing against the wall with all of this rotten food all over us. So yeah, that was, that was not a fun experience. That's for sure. Can you imagine yeah. if that happened today? Oh, I, well, actually, Grant, I would probably rather see that happen than some of the other stuff involving alcohol, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. My roommate yeah. was. We, a, didn't, we, uh, we didn't have any of that. Thankfully, yeah. we didn't. We weren't forced to drink like, uh, you know, we weren't forced to drink like shots and shots and shots and shots. So anyway, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, my roommate was a Kappa Alpha. And uh, he tried to get me to pledge. And I went through pretty much all the process, but I, I dropped out. because It was just too much time wise. But I still stayed close with the frat and I got to go to Hell Week and, you know, with them and still do all the parties and everything and see what's going on. So I'm not going to disclose the stuff that they did. But um, yeah, it, it's brutal for sure. But I wanted to ask you this because I've never um, asked this before. Somebody that is near and dear to uh, my heart, his entire family, uh, Coach Steve Fisher. I, I know he was an assistant coach for the Kings briefly. Love to Do man. you have any memories yes. about Coach Fish and James? He was just great. I used to, yeah, I love talking to uh, Coach Fish. I mean, he was just a great man, uh, a great character, just had that accent, um, kind of a drawl. I really enjoyed being around him and traveling with him. Just used to talk to him a lot. Just, he was got, had a lot of wisdom and great, great stories. Um, so, you know, and I was in the big 10 from 84 to 87 when I was working in Illinois, when, uh, Bill Frieder was the coach at Michigan. Yeah. And Lou Henson was at Illinois, Bobby Knight at Indiana, Gene Cady at Purdue. So I used to love talking to Fish about, you know, when he was at Michigan and the stories and, you know, everything else about that conference. So he was he was he was a great guy to be around. He really was. He was a great guy to be around. Very cool. Yeah, he's awesome. I said, uh, Jane, it's Angie. That's his wife. Um, but yeah, knowledgeable Frieder was around the program. He was just kind of like lingering around uh, when I was there. And Coach Dutch was obviously being groomed to uh, come up. But Fish, man, uh, when he got fired up, he would get fired up. I, I, oh, was, I was the guy that was replaceable. I mean, I'm 5'8", nothing. You know, I, I was there for hustle. Sure. And uh, the first day of practice or the first time that I go to get called into practice, standing there, you know, they're running through plays and uh, he looks over from across the court and he goes, Jared. And, you know, we're kind of looking around. He's Jared, get over here. And just looking around, standing there. And uh, he comes up and starts, you know, yelling at me. And uh, his son, Bart, goes, uh, coach, his name's Ryan. I know his name's <laughs> Ryan, Mark. And I thought I was going to get cut. <laughs> but, oh, my God. Um, yeah, no, just great people, great basketball mind. He completely turned down that SDSU program. So um, very cool. Yeah, those stories about the Michigan teams were legendary. And those guys always still came around um, and remained very close with coach, even though he was the interim coach when they won the title. 
Good stuff. Great stuff. stuff. All right, buddy. Great stuff. Love it. All right. Take care. Good stuff. Really enjoy that. All right. Uh, if you want to get on before we wrap up the show, just hit the hand icon and we will do it. Don't forget tomorrow, pregame with Ryan. I'll be on at halftime and postgame over on YouTube and Periscope. If you don't like that with Grant Napier, uh, Kings and the next coming up tomorrow. And of course, uh, I will have the show right here on Listen App as well, appreciating all of that. Hey, really enjoyed having you on here on this Open Forum Wednesday. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. So long, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.